The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Game On! Business Talk Radio with your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Our program is not afraid to discuss the more controversial business ideas and topics. Get ready for an unfiltered discussion of problems and solutions that today's businesses, large or small, face daily. Now, here is Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Hi, good morning. This is uh, Game On! Business Talk with D. Anthony Miles. we got a great show for you today. I want you to get some coffee, have a seat. You're going to need a Bible and a seatbelt. The title of our show today is Social Media and Higher Education. Does uh, Rate My Professors Hurt College Professors? And uh, let me give you some background on Rate My Professors. I think uh, the guests that we have all had experience with uh, Rate My Professors, especially yours truly. Uh, with the emergence of social media influences such as Facebook, when uh, things go viral, it can tarnish someone's reputation in a matter of minutes. That's what Rate My Professor does for college professors. Rate My Professors can damage uh, a college professor's reputation. Many students can and do misuse the teacher evaluation process to settle a score with a professor. A lot of times when uh, students do their evaluations at the end of the semester, they rate how they felt about a professor, and it normally has a lot to do with the grades. However, Rate My Professor is that on steroids. What students are able to do is post their comments. It's sort of like a blog online, and uh, many students can misuse Rate My Professor to damage a professor's reputation. Normally, it's for revenge. Even more damaging is when a university search committee uses Rate My Professor to search for potential uh, candidates for jobs, professors for jobs at universities. That can be a huge mistake. So we'll be joined by experts today, which is uh, Dr. Jamie Price and Dr. Wanda Sparks. And both of them have had extensive experience with Raymond professors, and I definitely want to talk about that today. So what our agenda is today is, what is RaymondProfessors.com? Does RaymondProfessors.com hurt college professors' reputation? And also, are there legal issues concerning RaymondProfessors.com? Let me give you some more interesting facts briefly. Well, Ray, my professor, actually started in 1999 by a guy named John Swapsinski. I'm sure I'm not saying his name correctly, of a former software engineer from Menlo Park, California. The site was originally launched as teachersratings.com, and it was converted to ratemyprofessors.com in 2001. Ratemyprofessors.com was acquired in 2005 by Patrick Nagel and William DeSantis, and they later uh, changed the name to uh, RateMyProfessors.com. And also, in 2007, uh, Viacom, which owns MTV and MTV's uh, college channel, purchased RateMyProfessor. So these are some of the things that uh, how this site came to be. Now, our guest is going to talk about some of the things that uh, how RateMyProfessor is set up, how it's used, and, you know, some of the legal implications and some of the uh, 
reputation implications that rate my professor can uh, harm or, you know, can cause in terms of someone's reputation. So let me introduce and give you my bio to our first guest. Our first guest is Dr. Jamie Price. She's a professor at, uh, of sociology at Appalachian State University. She's also an internship coordinator at ASU, and she's an editor of, of the uh, Journal of Applied Social Science. She has conducted a, some research on Ray My Professors as well. Her experience background is she has 20 years in teaching and research. Her research background is centered on uh, applied sociology and psychology. She has an extensive record of publications in journals such as the Journal of Applied Social Science, Research in Energy Economics, Assessment and Evaluation in Higher Education, and the American Sociologist and many others. She's presented her research at numerous conferences around the country. Her, edu her education background is she has a PhD in sociology from North Carolina State University, an MA in sociology from East Carolina University, and a BA in American Studies from Catholic University. Our second guest is Dr. Wanda Sparks. She's chair of the nursing department at Alleged Lake University in San Antonio, Texas. She's a researcher as well, and her background is organizational behavior, and uh, her research is in English language learner, ELL studies. Dr. Sparks has uh, conducted research in the uh, legal field with Ray Ma Professor. She's also has 22 years of experience in teaching, nursing, and research. She was a major in the United States Air Force. She served in Kuwait during Operation Iraqi Freedom. She has presented at conferences around the country. Most recently, she, pre she presented her research on an ELL at the International Conference at Harvard University. She's published in such journals as the International Journal of Economy, Management, and Social Sciences. Her education background is she has a PhD in organizational leadership from uh, University of the Incarnate Word. Also, she has an MSN in nursing from the University of the Incarnate Word. And she also has a BS in nursing from the University of, Tech, uh, University of Texas Health Science Center. So I want to introduce our guests for today, Dr. Jamie Price and Dr. Wanda Sparks. How are you guys doing today, our females doing today? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you. Glad well, to be what's, here. Great. This is a really interesting topic, and it's sort of a, I guess, a uh, pet peeve for me because I've, I've, I've taught at a university as well, and uh, I want to ask you as my experts on this, well, let's tell our audience, what is Rate My Professor? What is it actually in terms of a website, and what are some of the experiences that you've had with Rate My Professor? Wanda, would you like to go first? Yes, thank you. Uh, Dr. Miles, I've had several experiences at several universities with Rate My Professor, and specifically, uh, students have gone online and evaluated uh, my performance based on the criteria that is on that particular website. And then I've had students come forth and talk to me about the ratings on the website and also talk to me about other instructors who have been rated on the website almost in a triangulation wanting to verify with me about what they're reading on the website about other folks if indeed it is accurate. So I have experience uh, personally, and then I have experience indirectly whereby students are seeking out in some kind of informal way to validate what they're reading. So my personal experience has been that the ratings are 
somewhat, well, they're not somewhat, they lack reliability and validity. So the types of questions that are asked and the way that they're framed really do not measure whether a class, learning took place in a class, whether learning objectives took place in the class, whether the student left the class with uh, an advanced their education. What the ratings reflect is whether or not um, I was an attractive faculty, I'm talking about aesthetically, whether or not they liked me, and whether or not they would recommend, based on some level of personal reflection and experience, whether they would recommend me to another student. So I am a... Uh, so I just want to add one last thing, that I teach clinicals in a hospital. So patient safety, confidentiality, their HIPAA laws, there are various rules that I have to abide by, make sure the students abide by. And it's my job to help train and teach those students for stepping outside those lines. And sometimes that is well-received and sometimes it's not well-received. And indirectly, if I have issues with those kinds of areas, that historically has been negatively reflected in Rate My Professor, social Goodness. media. Oh, my. Dr. Price, uh, what's been your experience with Rate My Professors? Well, uh, my professional experience is that Rate My Professor is an online store, and it's one that sells ads. That's its goal. It sells ads. And to sell those ads, they uh, cater uh, to students to post extreme ratings. And the, the, it may it may appear to be a, a service to students to, to to inform them about professors and um, instruction, but what's really going on is they they lure students in um, with what appears to be information about uh, you know instructors 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 helpfulness their the clarity the easiness and then they have that hot rating, but when you dig into it and you look at what the postings that students uh, provide, there's, there's very few actual postings. There's a lot of students that go on and, and use the postings, but uh, if you think about um, what it takes for a student to actually post something, to go out of their way to post something, to go on there and post something, and, uh, a corollary would be what do you have, what, 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 uh, what do you do when you have something you might want to return, you know, to, you know, you have something that didn't go well and you, ha and you want to return it or somebody sends you something in the mail and they want your feedback on something. You have to go out of your way to do that. And that's what happens on Raymark Professor. So when you, those postings that are on there, those are the students that went out of their way to do that. And in, in social research, we find that, uh, you get extreme scores that way. Um, the only way that you can get out of getting extreme scores is you have to do repeat attempts to contact people. Um, and that's not what happens on Rate My Professor. <laughs> so what you have on there is a biased sample. You get either the students that really liked the professor or an instructor or the students that really did not like an instructor. And although uh, Rate My Professor asks, or the people that designed it, ask people, ask students to post on helpfulness, clarity, easiness, and attractiveness. The items that, um, that, that really seem to matter in, in terms of the, the high rankings is easiness. And then the, the items in the, the, the written comments that students can, can uh, 
elaborate on their scores, what they, you know, how they posted on somebody. The, the issues that matter to them is easiness and entertainment. So we're not really, students aren't really learning about, as Dr., as Wanda said, they're not, we're not learning whether or not students are learning. <laughs> Did they learn anything in these classes? Were they, were they exposed to any new ideas? Um, all, it's just more of the consumerism that is so rampant in higher education right now. Um, so the goal of Rate My Professor is to sell ads, and what's happening to the students is they're being sold as well. They're not actually learning about, you know, their opportunities to learn in, in higher education. That is really interesting. Uh, would you, uh, my guess, uh, experts, would you, uh, would you say that or agree that you think Rate My Professors can hurt a uh, professor's reputation? Because obviously those comments are, you can post them anonymously and you, it's, no, it's no repercussions to the uh, student that wants to uh, post comments. But uh, do you think it, it, Rate My Professor can actually hurt a, a professor's re- reputation? Do you, do, you, do you think that can happen? Dr. Miles, I'd like to field that question. Uh, Yes, I think it can have a negative influence on a professor's reputation, and I'll go a step further, which is really more importantly, it can affect a student's learning because a student may be making a very serious decision about a class they will or will not take based on a rating on that website. And secondly, they may come into a class with a preconceived idea about what that instructor may or may not have to offer or the course in general and decide that uh, they come in with a negative attitude or with a lot of anxiety, and how sad is that to come into your first day of class anxious or possibly angry and anticipatory that this instructor is going to look like what that website described. That's what I would offer Dr. Price, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think rate my professors uh, can damage your professor's reputation? Some schools, as you pointed out, some search committees do look at rate my professor uh, ratings, but I, I think mo- most uh, reputable organizations know that 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 these are bi- you know biased samples, and uh, uh, that that is not a, a valid or a reliable way to to measure someone's. Uh, 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 possible productivity at the workplace. Um, I'm just curious. Look at it, but and I'm students just, don't understand how how biased that website is. I'm just curious. Why on earth would a search committee want to use Rate My Professors? Because I know you have your evaluations in at your universities, at your prospective universities, but Rate My Professors doesn't even touch the scope of all the questions that are asked in the the private universities evaluations and I'm why would a search committee look at rate my professors is it just for the due diligence or is it just to get some more information about a candidate well how do you feel about that I would I would offer that this is not a this is not a formality that the search committee would use it's not part of the objectivity or a checklist or a list of or a questionnaire that the committee would use to uh, choose a faculty, but I, what I would beg to differ is that every other person often that sits on a search committee has some form of social media site. They're Dr. Sparks, Dr. Sparks, do you hold that thought? We got to take a quick break. I want to come back to you sure. after our break. 
Uh, mm-hmm. This is a game on business talk with DeAnthony Miles. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network how can we americans realize our dreams to earn a living how can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee learn how at the american business person the online weekly radio talk show hosted by rich killian Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, we're back. This is Game On Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. And our topic for today is uh, RateMyProfessors.com. And we uh, ended the first segment with uh, Dr. Sparks talking about uh, Rate My Professors and her experiences. Go ahead, Dr. Sparks. Thank you, Dr. Miles. Uh, what we were speaking to is social media and how uh, individuals who are employed at universities are involved with social media. So they are on LinkedIn or on Twitter. They certainly would not hesitate to put your name in a search engine of some sort and see what pops up. So indirectly, would a, would a search committee go to rate my professor? Perhaps not. Might a search committee member put your name in a search engine and see what pops up and then rate my professor pops up and then indirectly they're led to read about this faculty member. And once you, I, I equate rate my professor to a bathroom wall. So once somebody goes in there and writes something and you read about it, does it affect your decision? 
are you objective enough in that search committee to go back to the committee and not report what you've learned, whether you're in favor of it or not in favor of it? So that would be what I would have to, my input, what I would have to offer is that, yes, search committees are human. Search committees are involved in social media, both directly and indirectly. And often when I'm researching whether or not I'm going to hire an employee, I will put their name in the search engine, and I'll just see what pops up. Wow. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. You know, Dr. Universities Price. need to put, put rate my professor out of business. Universities and colleges need to put rate my professor out of business. Uh, just about every university, college, community college in the, in the United States collects a student evaluations as, you know, standard protocol at the end of the semester. So, and, and these are much less biased samples. Uh, you know, instructors uh, usually do this at the end of the semester. Um, they hand out a standard form of some kind. Um, sometimes now they're done online. And so, and, you know, it's much less of, it's a better sample, um, and it's much better questions. Uh, most schools ask something closer to, did you learn anything? Um, and, and definitely you're not asking, is the instructor hot? Um, and so in, uh, the, the standards of, um, uh, of research, uh, there's ethical standards that say that if you participate in a, some, any type of data collection, um, you are supposed to have access to that data. So ethically, we as a community, as a community of scientists, are supposed to be giving students access to that data, not the individual responses, but an aggregate, kind of same kind of thing that Rate My Professor does. So we are already collecting this data. Uh, and what should be happening is universities should be, you know, aggregating it say, as, you know, as a class. This is what the students of this, you know, whatever, basket weaving 1,000, you know, whatever it is, um, this is what the students who took this class last semester, this is how they rated the instructor of this class. And so and if, if, if universities and colleges across the country did this, then Rate My Professor would go out of business. Well, I wanted to ask, you brought up something interesting because you said Rate My Professor has a business focus because they sell ads. Do you think Rate My Professor is just a sign of the times? Both of you can answer this. Just a sign of the times with social media that, you know, information is so available that it was a rate my professors is just a uh, evolution of that. Do you agree with that? Hmm. Uh, well, for sure. It's, it, you know, we people rate everything. They, we, you can go on their website now and, and find out how your your community members are rating plumbers, you know, and, and lawyers and so forth. So it's just it's it's the same process. But if you go on rate my professor. You'll see that there's ads for, and, and that the the the, uh, the group that Rate My Professor caters to are students, and so the ads that are on there are for credit cards, <laughs> and students as a population really? have are you know they're they're just you know sitting there waiting, um, for, and these companies are just you know preying on them, so that that's it, that Rate My Professor is a business. And, and what I would have to offer is yes, Rate My Professor is a sign of the times that social media, it's part of social media, and so they're using social media to uh, as a big discussion board based on a handful of questions to talk about faculty members. But I would also say 
that uh, litigiously speaking, that because uh, it's a sign of the times, number one, does it make it right? Number two, does it make it reliable or correct? And so the question is, as a sign of the times, if you have something that's inaccurate and that's being publicized on television or on the web or on the Internet, then, you know, what is your responsibility to your uh, your degree, to your profession, to your reputation, to make sure that if there's information being published about you, the institution that you work for, that that information is not skewed, but is, uh, you know, is accurate and correct. So it's a sign of the times, but, you know, furthermore, what's the answer to making sure that during the sign of the times that we're still maintaining uh, our professions? Thanks. I think that uh, do you, I think to rate my professors can be a bad thing. It can be a good thing. But one of the things that I think that all of us as researchers have had to deal with in terms of students is we're expecting a 19 or 20 year old person to evaluate us with, without any bias. And I, I just think to rate my professor because of that exposes that because a 19 year old is not experienced enough to evaluate a professor you know, based on their ability or based on their uh, their qualifications. I mean, that that could be that could be anything, because like uh, Dr. Price said, we're getting into rating everything and rating everything is causing people to, you know, use bias in a different way because of social media. But guys, uh, let me take a break really quick. We're getting ready to go into our second break. This is our game on business talk with DeAnthony Miles. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. 
Hi, we're back. This is Game on Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles, and we're continuing our discussion on RateMyProfessors.com. And I wanted to uh, start off this segment. Dr. Sparks, uh, I wanted you to talk about the uh, problem that you had with uh, Rate My Professors and some of the things that you had to do in terms of uh, having some things removed. Can you discuss that briefly with us? Yes, I can, Dr. Miles. Uh, I had a personal experience where I would absolutely, it infringed almost on uh, harassment. I had a particular student who was very challenging in the hospital setting, in the clinical environment, and he, and he wanted some disciplinary action. And so the way the student retaliated is he went on Rate My Professor, and he also had his classmates go on Rate My Professor, and they wrote some pretty, uh, I would almost say, on the, on the edge of vulgar statements. Uh, aesthetically, oh, he wrote some pretty horrible things. And so another student brought it to my attention. I went and addressed it with Rate My Professor, and after multiple phone calls, I was able to get the comments removed. And then I didn't have students questioning me each time they come into my class about their comments. Then the student went back and put them up a second time. So I went through this wave again, and the student went a third time. And so I questioned Rate My Professor, what is the process? How is the student able to go back in after you've not only deleted the comments but blocked him? How is he able to circumvent this? And the answer to that question is he just logs on to a different computer. So theoretically, if he goes into the library at school, he could log on to every computer there and pretend to be a different student, and that's what he was doing. You could tell by the vocabulary that he was using that it was the same person. So we go, wow. through, about 10, so we go through about 10 comments times about three times, and they're removed from Write My Professor, and then he comes around a fourth time. I believe it was the fourth time. It was either the third time or the fourth time that I sought legal counsel. And he said, you know, I've worked very hard for my education and my profession, and he really, this is really creating a conflict for me, and I may seek uh, a higher position at, at my current university or my current college. And I'm concerned that some of the statements that are written on this page whether they're valid, reliable, or not, might fall in the wrong hands, and it might skew my opportunity for employment. And so counsel uh, got involved and was able to provide direction to me and was able also to reach out to rate my professor, and we have been able to negate uh, the student's attempt to uh, write statements about me that are simply exaggerated and untrue and all but personal attacks on me. Uh, oh so that's kind of the gist of what took place. In, in uh, the study that I did with a colleague on Rate My Professor, we found numerous uh, incidents of uh, you know, lack of quality control on Rate My Professor with, with people posting that weren't even in a class. So, Are uh, you serious? That, there's you? numerous cases wow. of, uh, in, in, in many different classes with people posting that were not in a class. Uh, and, and as, as you said, Dr. Sparks, people making multiple postings. And so this is, you know, this is how the, the samples that are on Rate My Professor become quite biased. And the only, I, the only way that I've been able to, uh, you know, uh, to see the, the solution is, is for universities and colleges to, to, you know, to just take it over. Um, and if, if they use the data that they already collect at the end of each semester, you know, this, 
there would be much better samples. And we, we have our own quality controls at, at, in higher education. I am shocked. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, I was going to ask uh, both of you, um, would you say that the, the comments that, I mean, I'm sure you looked at comments about you on Rate My Professor about yourself. Would you say the comments are accurate or you can take but a grain of salt? What's been your opinion about the comments made about you on Rate My Professor? Uh, me, personally, they're usually about being easy um, and uh, and about being helpful. But from my own study, I've noticed that that's, I mean, that's what students, when students get on, the, get on there and go out of their way to make a post, that's what they post about is being whether or not someone is easy or helpful um, and entertaining. Um, you know, Rate My Professor, does, the website does not give students the option, the little button, to say, did I learn anything? <laughs> Did I learn exactly. any new ideas? Um, was I pushed? You know, did I was I pushed to see the world in a different way? Those buttons aren't there. So the only thing you're going to learn about is was I easy? <laughs> was I not easy? Um, was I helpful? Was I not helpful? So there's serious design flaws in in Rate My Professor. And then the you know the the obvious are are you hot? Um, which is also indica- uh, indicates the, the deprofessionalization of, of our industry. I mean, what, when, who in their right mind would choose a, an attorney, uh, a physician, by whether or not they're hot uh, or whether or not they're easy? Um, so this, this shows, you know, this serious uh, you know, deprofessionalization of, of, of teaching. Dr. Sparks, would you agree with that? Consumerism problem. Yeah, you know, I would say, Dr. Miles, that honestly, I haven't reviewed the comments at a level where I've given them that much thought about whether they're accurate or inaccurate because, as we know in research, you have to have context. So you have to have some background or some paradigm before I could even say something sounds valid or reliable. So I don't know the context of that student because keep in mind these comments are anonymous. So I don't know. Was that a student who had absences? Was that a class that we had an issue with the institution we were doing a clinical at? Was that a class that we had internal issues? So what were the dynamics? What is the context? So I can't begin to say the statements are accurate or true because I'm a type of researcher that I do require to have the pieces of the puzzle before I begin an analytical process. So I haven't even given them the time to determine whether they're accurate or not. I can tell you from experience, and I know if uh, both of you have had this experience, I found out about Rate My Professor by mistake, and I found out about it by mistake because I did a search on my name, and then uh, I saw the website come up. And then so I looked at the comments. And uh, at the time when I when I first reviewed Ray, my professor, I saw some negative comments from some students. And a lot of those comments were so far fetched. And I, I believe the time that I reviewed the comments on Ray, my professor, I just won a teaching award at the university I was teaching at. And I was so angry uh, uh, I had a student, I'll never forget this particular comment. I think I showed Dr. Sparks this. You can check if you want to yourself, Dr. Price. 
I had a student that posted that um, they he flunked all of my exams, and I'm a bad teacher because uh, he didn't learn anything. And I I was I, I looked at the comments and I said, so I'm a bad professor because you flunked all the exams and you got upset and you made you posted this on rate my professor. Uh, let me tell you my interesting experience. I think Dr. Sparks knows this because she's a colleague of mine. I actually had to call them to have some comments removed because some of the comments were vulgar. Some of the comments were uh, just totally describing a situation were totally not true. And I was going to ask you, have uh, have you as my guest had similar experiences like that? I know, Dr. Sparks, you have, but Dr. Price, have you had some comments posted about you that were just totally inaccurate or just not true? Has that been your experience? I, I, um, I've taught at several schools now over the last 20 years, and uh, I've had uh, many, many comments at those different schools about my physical appearance, which oh I, I wouldn't say whether or not they're, they're tr- I wouldn't attest to whether or not they're true or not, but I don't, I've, I don't think that rating my professor should evaluate someone's teaching effectiveness uh, by someone's appearance. Absolutely. But, uh, I, uh, years ago, back, the, you know, in the beginning of rate my professor, uh, they used to have a moderator and uh, the, the, there was some serious uh design problems with it because the moderator was a student um, at each at each school and rate my professor paid was supposed to pay the the moderator and mm-hmm. I contacted the moderator asking if uh, some of these comments you know could the comments be removed but then they never responded and so then I went I tried to um, uh, a few years back uh, rate my professor allowed started to allow professors to put a picture up, um, and so I attempted to put up a picture of um, uh, an, uh, an animal, I think it was a pig, um, um, trying to just, you know, uh, you know, provide another perspective on these comments, but it wouldn't let me. The software would not let me. Um, oh, wow. So that, that's as far as I ever I ever went. Um, I, uh, I just see... I see this website this is you know it's these, these are, there are people running this website um i would not i would not um uh lose sight that you know this is this is a money-making um business and um and it's it's, it's mtv <laughs> um i know at one time they had a show they were asking professors to come on the show it's, you know it's, it's turned into reality tv now um so i i am um, i haven't i never went further I just I didn't think that I would it would even go anywhere. I can tell you from my experiences and both of you, you know, have taught, especially uh, Dr. Price, your extensive experiences. I see a generation gap and rate my professor represents that. Uh, I see students as and you alluded to this earlier. I see students as consumers and and they're trying to take consumerism and put it in the education sector. And but obviously we have for-profit universities that have emerged, and and one of the things that disturbs me about this generation is, if they don't like something, they can go post a comment about it on the blog, whether it's true or not, and you can just do damage to somebody's reputation in zero point zero zero seconds. And 
I want to ask you as my guest, uh, do you see this paradigm shift in the education field? Is, and Ray, my professor, kind of represents that. What do you think? Uh, I, yeah, Ray, I, I see it as, as part of the entire process. But, I mean, I've, uh, all of us have been teaching for a long time. Uh, there's, there's so many students that, uh, not all of them, but so many students really aren't there to learn. Um, they're just there to, uh, to to do the time, and hopefully it's easy time, and and get that piece of paper and and be on their way. And so, rate my professor facilitates that process. You know, what which instructors do do I take to get that easy A? And and hopefully it'll be entertaining, and um, and it's just all part of that process. And if you know this population of people. Have been outcomes tested, you know, every year, you know, several times throughout every year, they, they, you know, for for over 12 years now. And what do we expect? Should we expect anything else? Interesting. You know, what I would offer is I have a a, a different opinion that there are categories of students. I've worked at a variety of, of institutions, and there are categories of students who do not use Rate My Professor to choose their their professor. Uh, they're intimately involved in their education. They're intimately involved in their degree and degree plan and their goals, their future goals. And so Rate My Professor can be further from the way in which they choose and select classes and choose and select professors. However, uh, having said that, there are there is a category of folks, students and otherwise, that enjoy or have some type of gratification, not just in the knowledge of looking up a professor, because oftentimes they'll look at professors they're not even going to take, and I've had colleagues tell me that they look up colleagues on Rate My Professor. So I've heard of that. outside the scope of students. It also is staff, it's colleagues, it's search committees, and so forth. But I would say, and this is my closing comment on this question, that it's kind of a, a Jerry Springer audience, okay? So there are folks that thrive inside of that type of knowledge and, and, ex, and excitement or condemnation or criticism, and then there are folks that are disinterested in it because they don't like to read the, some of the statements and the poorly written statements about colleagues and about professors, some of which they've taken themselves and they are offended when they read bad comments about professors. This actually turns some students and some folks off. So um, that would be my comment. I, I think well, students would welcome a, an alternative. If they want the information, they want to make this, you know, informed decisions, and they would welcome an alternative to rate my professor. I, I, I think that that's, that's definitely needed. And I also I also was surprised, and Dr. Sparks brought this up. You actually have faculty members that post comments about colleagues to yes. make to make themselves look better. Is that true? I've heard I've heard of it. I know of it. It happens. There's oh, no quality wow. control on Rate My Professor. Anybody can go on there and post. So if you have a chair of a department who doesn't like you, and he can go get someone to. Um, 
post negative comments on you and he can go back and say, I did a Google search on you and all your, you have some very, very, very bad comments on rate my professors and I'm going to have, I'm not going to renew your contract. Well, I mean, uh, you know, in, in most institutions that, that type of information would not be taken into consideration in any type of evaluation. I hope not. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh my goodness. I was going to ask you, um, do you think eventually, right, my professors, they're going to have to be some legal boundaries in terms of uh, students posting obviously inaccurate comments? Like in the case of Dr. Sparks, like uh, she she know she knew who that student was, but she couldn't prove it because a student was going on different computers using different ISP addresses. And you think the university is eventually going to have to address this as a legal issue? because of uh, probably possible litigation, definitely in terms of a similar situation to Dr. Sparks. What do you think, Dr. Sparks? No, I don't think it's a, it's a litigious area for a university because they're not launching uh, any kind of complaint about the university. Their, their complaint and their evaluation is not of the, the university. In essence, it's really not even about the course. If you got down to the nuts and bolts of it, it's about whether they liked the professor, they thought they were easy, and they thought they were attractive and so forth. So, no, I don't think it's about the university. Now, you, you know, I don't know what the research says, but are there some universities, or is it more prone to use by junior college students? Is it more prone to use by universities, state or private? You know, who's using this site? And in uh, social media, who are, uh, Dr. Price alluded to this, but who's, who are the folks that are logging in? Who's checking this stuff out? And rate my professor is the only one who has privy to that. But I would be interested to see on the other side of the token who who are their customers? Who is it that they see logging in? Is there a way to capture some of that information? And I would say yes, because to log into the site to post, there's a level of demographics that have to be created. Uh, that's how we knew, that's how Rate My Professor was able to tell me that a particular somebody was going to various computers and creating various accounts. Oh, so, wow. And logging, about my, and, and logging information about myself. So I don't think it's a university concern. I think it is, uh, you know, more of a faculty concern. Dr. Price, what do you think? It's not, it's not the concern of the, the colleges or the, the, the institutions the colleges and the universities. It's not, it's not their product. Um, and Rate My Professor, as, a, as a, a business, would have to go way out of their way to, uh, to improve their data, um, to improve their product. Um, uh, right now, they're just, you know, anybody that comes on the site can post. To, to improve their product, they would have to try to reach the actual samples of students in a class. Um, you know, they'd have to, they'd have to be more of a, a scientist about it. And, uh, that's, that, their, their costs would go way up. Um, so I don't see that happening. Well, I know this, and, and speaking from personal experience, eventually one day a professor's gonna get really upset and find out whose ISP address that is because, uh, if you, you're gonna, a student is gonna post a comment about a professor, that's inaccurate or whatever, and eventually it's going to get to a, a professor's going to get upset and want to uh, get legal counsel and wants to find out who's this person that logged in and posted the comment. 
And I personally, if I was a student, I would be afraid to post a comment that, that was uh, uh, in that vein because there could be legal uh, repercussions. And if you're if someone finds out your ISP address and you get served and you have to go to court, I don't see that happening. But eventually some someone may do that. Do you think that the uh, rate my professor could lead to that eventually where a professor will sue sue a student personally because of the comments being posted about him? What do you think? I think they'd have a hard time identifying the student. And the the only the only organization that has the the identity is is rate my professor. And uh legal costs, uh, I can tell you personally, uh, legal costs are just you know, astronomical. So uh, it would be prohibitive uh, t- to launch uh, a legal attack uh, defense. So um, I-, I find personally, just the-, the best strategy is just don't go on the website. Don't go on Rate My Professor. Interesting. What do you think, yeah, Dr. Sparks? Yeah, I, I would say that we live in a litigious society, a legal society. And I would say that, uh, yes, there is a possibility always that someone is going to have some negative outcome and be able to legally demonstrate that. And this is what, uh, here's where the liability comes in. You may not be able to identify the student, but you may be able to identify the accomplice. You may be able to identify the medium. So if, if the medium is allowing uh, something to be posted that uh, could, you know, could cause damages, then Rate My Professor is not free of liability simply because they didn't write it. They're absolutely part of They have a dog in the fight because they are responsible for uh, posting uh, the software and certainly housing the 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 comments. So yes, they're part of they they could be litigation could be threatened and litigation could be acted upon and certainly counsel could be uh sought to to uh put a call in and most of the time Dr. Miles, these types of cases are settled in mediation and out of court. As Dr. Price mentioned, it is costly to approach this. So uh, if you show up to a social media site with an attorney, it is a game changer. Uh, so I don't know that, that they will actually be sued, but uh, it is possible that they have had folks reach out to uh, attorneys for advice, for advice and also had attorneys reach out to them to, uh, on behalf of their client, and it was settled before it got to what you would call a lawsuit stage. Thank you. That is pretty interesting. I was going to ask both of you, do you think Ray, my professor, is a good thing? What do you think? I, no, I don't. I think it, it's a, a, a disservice to students. They're selling, they're selling misinformation. Dr. Sparks, I, I'm afraid to ask you how you feel. <laughs> you know, I, I try to stay objective despite, uh, <laughs> despite my experience. I would say that from a researcher standpoint and an educator standpoint, and that's the hat I'm wearing today, that I'm not finding a purpose for it and I'm not finding a use for it. So that's, that would be my comment. 
it's it's of no use to me, and uh, I don't find a purpose, and I haven't found it useful uh, in my research, and I haven't found it useful in my academic um, my academic professional experience. I think we as educators need to inform students, remind students that every time they fill out those student evaluations at the end of each semester, that that is their data, that they have that they should demand access to that data and of their institutions. And when students come together as a group, that's when social change occurs. So if students demand that data, then then we will see you know, the demise of rate mind professors. I will share a, a situation with uh, both of you. Uh, when I uh, start a semester with a class, I actually, when I give the orientation, I actually go to the website and I actually show the students the comments about me. And what I found out when I showed those students those comments about me, I rate my professors, I, I was surprised at their reaction. They actually laughed. They thought it was funny. They totally discounted the comments, and I said, okay, why do you think this is funny? Uh, a couple of them told me, well, that speaks volumes about the student. He was a poor student, and so he has access to the Internet, so he posts those comments because he's definitely a poor student. And I do that for a reason. Maybe another professor may not because they just don't want to waste the time, but I'm, I'm trying to do damage control, and I want to <laughs> allude to this question. Do you think professors are having to do damage control to their reputation because of social media like rape my professors? Because I think it's going to get worse. I don't think it's going to get better. I really yeah. think it's going to get worse. It's not just rape my professor with the social media and damage control. It's, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and your own websites and everybody else's website. So uh, and there's there's it's it's your reputation and but, you know what is out there on your reputation. Absolutely. Dr. Sparks, what do you think? You know, it, this is kind of my analogy. Uh, you have movie stars and you have, uh, you know, performers who are in a social life. They're, they're, off, they're in the media, they're on television, they're on radio, they're in the newspaper, and they're in various journals and magazines. And they're aggravated when they see comments posted about them and their families and so forth that are inaccurate. And you'll see them come out from time to time and voice their concerns about the inaccuracies of, of statements that are being made in the media. If you're going to be a professional in academia, there is going to the comments are going to be made. I think you said earlier this is a sign of the times. So I can no more not expect students to talk about me, my job, my uh, my performance on social media sites then I could expect them not to talk about uh, a movie star or, or a singer. So it is a sign of the time, and I'm comfortable with that, and I'm comfortable with handling um, anything that appears to be inaccurate or appears to have a negative impact on me or the company uh, that I work for. So when it starts to affect myself and my ability to maintain or sustain gainful employment, or it has a negative impact on my company, then that's where I get involved and start to look at how to, as you mentioned earlier, negate uh, statements or negate comments. That's what... Um, Alrighty. 
Well, I want to thank you for being. I wish that I'd gone to law school. <laughs> I, I want to thank had, you guys for being on my show. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank uh, Dr. Jamie Price and Dr. Wanda Sparks for being on Game on Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles, and uh, we really had an interesting show today. I want to uh, end the show on a quote for the week, if that's okay with you. <laughs> oh yeah. You'll, all right, here's the quote for the week. The new source of power is not money in the hands of a few, but information in the hands of many. John Nesbitt. I want to uh, close the show today. I'm out of here, and I want to thank you for joining Game On Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles, and I will see you next week. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It was you. my pleasure. Thank you again for listening to Game On Business Talk Radio. Please join your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles, again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll engage in more unique and exciting discussion topics then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.